Hey, Rutgers fans, it's John Otterstead. Before we get going with today's podcast, I want to tell you about something. Today and today only, June 5th, 2018, we have an unbelievable deal. Buy one month, get six months for free. That is going to take you all the way into November. You will have access to all of our content, all of the content across the 24-7 Sports Network, and of course, access to the Roundtable Premium Message Board. Check it out. I know you're going to love it. Today, I have what I think is going to be a super guest. We have Doreen Ash, Coach Ash's wife. And I think this is, yep, it's definitely the first wife of a coach that we've ever had on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to it. Doreen, how are you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, Doreen, I'm going to start off just asking for a little bit of background. Where did you grow up and what college did you root for as a child? I grew up in San Jose, California. It's in the Bay Area there. And I actually did not root for a college. <laughs> I was, um, obviously there's many um, professional teams there as people are aware of, especially right now with the Warriors being in uh, the playoffs. But um, I was a huge 49er fan. And so they that was my team until I actually went to college because I wanted to work in football and Back then, I thought working in college football was going to be my stepping stone to working in the NFL, but um, obviously that never happened because I just stopped in college. Where did you go? San Diego State. Oh, nice, nice. And do you follow them to this day? Um, yeah. They, I was saying Chris actually gives me a hard time about it still because he's like, you don't go there anymore. But being the place that I went to school and started working in football, um, it's they obviously have a special place in my heart always. Now, is that difficult as the wife of a coach when obviously coaches change jobs every so often and you're in a new place, you're with a new team? Is it hard keeping your allegiances straight? No, not really. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to support who's paying your bills. But um, in this profession, we've, we've been on a lot of places, actually. And sometimes it's common, sometimes it's rare. But... Um, you you follow where you've been, and because obviously you make strong relationships with not only the players but the people on staff there. So you're still rooting for them at the end of the day. I mean, you want them to do well because some of these people end up being your best friends, and you see them more than you see your own family. So you have a strong bond with them as well. Right. It seems like you've made a smooth adjustment to wearing scarlet and supporting the Scarlet Knights, just based from what I've seen on the Twitter feed and. Just talking to other people who know you from being around campus. How was that transition at first, just coming out this way and getting to know the Scarlet Knights and all the people surrounding the program? I would say it was easy. Um, kind of like I mentioned, you know, when we've moved enough, to, you just kind of dive right in and, and just get your feet rolling. And it's it's been good. The, the only hard time when it comes to these transitions is when you actually play one of your old teams. And <laughs> fortunate for us, we've got them that uh, we get a play, obviously, Ohio State. Um, that's, it's never easy when you go against people you know. Um, well, the good side is you get to see them. The bad side is you got to play against them. And then um, we're playing Wisconsin this year, and that's another place um, that we were at before, too. So that's I, I would say that's probably the hardest part, but everything else has been fairly easy. I guess it must be interesting having friends you know, strewn out across the country and representing all these different teams and just in this crazy world of college sports where everyone's so passionate about their team, 
you now, I'm sure your Facebook, if you're on Facebook, your Facebook feed and friend list just must be really <laughs> extensive and uh, eclectic during football season. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, let's talk about that change from moving to Ohio to New Jersey. I'm sure every place you go to, there's some things you have to get used to, a culture shock here and there. What have been some of the, uh, you know, the highlights, lowlights, middle things, you know, just of making that change from one state to another over to the Garden State? I would say most of it's been positive here. It actually reminds me a lot of California, where I grew up, because we have the beach, which is like an hour away from where we live, the mountains, another hour away, a big city or the biggest city here, at least, um, which is like roughly an hour away. So it's nice to have that diversity and and just the beauty of this state. When I know when a lot of people visit me uh, from California, they're surprised at how beautiful it is and all the trees and whatnot, because obviously people fly into New York and they think that's New Jersey, but it's definitely not. So that's uh, some of the good things. Um, one of the harder transitions have been there's no bike paths and like running paths, well, I should say no, but very minimum to, especially where I live, they don't, they don't have sidewalks. And so that's one thing I probably miss. But beyond that, everything's been good for the most part. On a related question, what would be the most pleasant surprise you've had in coming to New Jersey? The most pleasant surprise? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I've been here once when we played Rutgers. We were at Arkansas when we played Rutgers. So I, I kind of knew a little bit of what to expect, but um, I didn't really get to see, obviously, the whole state. And kind of like what I mentioned, just the, the diversity to the state where you have the farmland inland, the beach, you got cities, the suburbs. It, it covers the whole gamut, I think. And um, it, not many places have that, and so that that was that's been nice so far, just to have that and and many options of food again. I've missed the the diversity in food, so I've been very excited to have all that. Say you have a weekend with the family, you're going to pick one place in the Northeast here. Where would you go? Um, probably somewhere along the beach. We actually just went down um, to the South Shore in Avalon for Memorial Weekend, and that was really nice. But we, we, I tend to like water, but then I also like to explore too. So if I haven't done something, then we'll go to, I know like last summer, um, my mom and I actually drove with the little kids all around all the Northeast states because it's one of my things on my bucket list to hit every 50 state. All right. So let's move to the next thing. You've been around the program these past few years. Aside from the wonderful head coach, what do you think is the biggest selling point of the Rutgers program? Now, it's interesting. You're just talking about New Jersey. I think you'd be a great ambassador mm-hmm. just for selling coming from <laughs> another state to New Jersey. As the Rutgers yeah. program as a whole, if you were meeting with a recruit and you were coaching or you were mm-hmm. coaching your husband on what to say to someone, what do, what do you mm-hmm. think the big selling point is? I would say there's two. I would say the development of the players for sure is huge here. Um, Kenny Parker, the strength in the strength staff, as well as with um, Allison, the nutritionist, they do such a phenomenal job with developing the players and just even transforming their bodies from the moment they step on campus here all the way to when they leave. Um, and just the amount of investment that's put into players. I've been several places and the food they get here is incredible compared to anywhere else I've been. It doesn't even compare, honestly. But I would say just the the investment and then developing the players is um, really big here. And we just kind of touched on the location. It's huge with New York City there. And um, I would say just 
the ability to network here for even after um, the playing days are over. Because let's be honest, you know, they're going to end at some point. And um, so if, if these players are playing their cards right, can set up a network for to be um, have jobs available or even just opportunities available after they're done playing. And not many other schools can really say that with at least the um, the city, you know, being as close as it is. It's interesting you mentioned that because under Chris as the head coach, I've noticed more players, and maybe it's always been the case, but, you know, especially on social media lately, guys are talking about mm-hmm. some pretty high-level majors that they're undertaking, uh, some mm-hmm. in the sciences and the engineering. A lot of guys are looking at business. In fact, I just saw that today on Instagram. Someone was talking about uh, studying business and marketing at Rutgers. And as you said, mm-hmm. that's that opportunity to be so close to not only New York City, but to Philadelphia has got to be a great selling point yeah. when, when they go out there. Yeah. You mentioned um, Kenny Parker before, and he's a name that I hear all the time. And have you had an opportunity to spend some more, uh, spend a lot of time with him? Yeah, he's at Iowa State, or not Iowa State, at Ohio State with us. And um, so I knew him there and his family. Um, but obviously really getting to know them more here. And he's definitely a person that everyone loves, which says a lot about who he is, his character, and everything else about him. But hes I would say he's definitely, I know Chris mentioned to me several times, he said if he couldn't get Kenny Parker to come as his strength coach, then he wasn't going to be taking many jobs. Cause he, I would say he's that important. Wow, wow. Well, let's talk about your husband. What's something that the average fan might not pick up about Chris from watching him on the sidelines or the press conferences? <laughs> uh, I would say, first of all, his sense of humor. Um, he's pretty quick-witted, and he he doesn't get the opportunity to really show that much, I would say, probably on the sidelines or in press conferences. But um, that that's definitely a huge one, and his uh, he has a strong attention to detail. Where And I, I would say that's probably what's made him – successful is you know he's always learning he's always trying to improve and figure out new ways of doing stuff to kind of get an edge and i guess those are some things that the fans probably don't or they wouldn't normally see from him now you said you have a free weekend you'd go to the beach what do you think chris would pick (laughs) he he likes to watch film (laughs) 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 so his perfect day would be sitting in his office watching film. Um, but as a location, like if you had to take him out of the office, he, he likes the beach too. He likes to sit and enjoy water and being outside. But yeah, so it just depends. <laughs> yeah, he's dedicated to that job. And, you know, I when I think about Chris's career and I think of how much he has accomplished at such a, you know, a relative young age, I have this question for you. What would you say the defining trait is that has enabled him to rise up the coaching ranks so quickly? Definitely work ethic. And I'd say just to grind at him where he doesn't stop. His alarm goes off at 4.30 every morning. doesn't matter what day of the week it is. And he goes into work by five. And he's just usually the first one in, the last one out type of deal. And kind of like how I mentioned, it's he's always trying to improve, whether it's himself or the program, whatever it happens to be, and, and trying to find new ways and especially where in like Rutgers right now, it's with being in one of the toughest divisions in football. It's you have to do those things if you want to succeed. For you guys, you know, is it very difficult for you to pull yourself away from football talk around the house? 
For me, probably not. But for him, I would say yes. Unless it's something about the kids. He's usually, well, if I even get him off the phone, he's usually on the phone with either a recruit or another coach or someone. But, um, yeah, I would say for him, for sure. You know, at my family, we have the no cell phones at the dinner table rule. Do you have to have the no Rutgers talk at the dinner table rule? <laughs> no. I'm lucky if he makes it home for dinner. So I guess you don't have to worry about that. Right, right. Um, well, now I see that you're very active on social media, which is why we're having this conversation today, because I've enjoyed your Twitter posts. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, others have told me they've seen you on the sidelines, university events. I get a sense that you have like a role within the program, a defined role or maybe an undefined role, but you definitely see yourself as someone who's helping, you know, push this movement forward to bring Rutgers to the top of the the Big Ten. Can you talk to a little bit about how, you know, what your role is, how you're involved and some of the things that you do that people might not know about? I think as being a person who represents a football program and university in general, um, I think the positive marketing is huge. So that's why like, I'm on social media because we're always trying to give a brand out there, essentially, or rebranding the program. We want to show all the positive sides of it. And so I think that's why like, I'm on Twitter, at least, in that sense, because usually I wouldn't do that, at least personal, personally. But um, for publicly, I think it's important, especially in this role. And Chris and I, we go to many events um, on the campus when, or just university related, when we can make it. And also, um, in regards to the sidelines, we'll usually we're on there before or after the game, but definitely not during the game. <laughs> we don't want to get hit. Yeah. But yeah, kind of as you mentioned, it, it's just it's just positive marketing, and um, it's just kind of what you have to do when you're getting, you know, whether it's a business, a program, or whatever off and running it's just it's what you have to do and i understand that well i know the women probably enjoyed having you with them at the lady knights camp this week and i saw a picture of you at the eric legrand's walk to believe let's talk about those events because i mean they're special events they come right one after another at a time of the year where there's not a lot to talk about with Rutgers football you know the team isn't practicing officially yet and there's no games so it was really great to see those events this past week tell me about the lady knights camp it's a a really fun event, in my opinion. Um, we get the ladies out there. They start off with a tour. They take pictures with my husband. The players escort them in on a red carpet. Um, we have the drinks and food for them, and we have raffles set up. And all that money goes to whatever the uh, charity we pick for the year. This year happened to be uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, that's which is um, Coach Kills and Rebecca's that they started and um, then it goes into presentations with like offense, defense, you have some competitions like you may have seen an arm wrestling thing, just stuff that gets the, the ladies excited. And it's, it's all stuff we do, they do the players too. Then, um, then they hit the field and do um, a circuit of drills and finish it off with some competitions and dinner at the end of the night. And it's just, it's just something that's a lot of fun, um, helps promote the program and, and target a different audience that may not be reached or may not truly understand or know a whole lot about football. and Or not all of them. Some of them are, could be as passionate as well. So, you know, it's just something to, something that's really fun to do. And programs usually all over, all over the country have some form of it. 
Oh, neat. That, I wasn't aware of that. This is the only one that I knew about. And But the feedback on our message board has been wonderful. The feedback that I've seen on Twitter and Instagram has been great. And I wanted yeah. to just ask you about Eric Legrand's Walk to Believe. How did that go this week? It was good. It was a little windy. But um, for some reason, I feel like the weather for that day is always crazy, just this time of year. But uh, they do a great job. And Eric is one of the most phenomenal people you'll ever meet in your life. And so any way that I can help support him, his cause and everything, I will always be there. And I always tell him that. And um, it's just that's just another fun event. I walk as I push the kids in the stroller. Um, then, you know, it's just a fun walk and they got music. And this year they had a little um, bikers from, I think it was a BMX, I forget what it was called. But um, they were out doing their tricks. And so he tries to spice it up too and bring new things just to keep the people coming back. So they, they do a great job with that walk. He is an unbelievable person. I, I'm bringing him on the podcast this next week, too. And just mm -hmm. as soon as I reached out to him, sure, when do you want to do it? And I look at his yeah. social media feed. He is a busy guy. He's doing a lot of things. And if he can fit you in <laughs> from 6.15 to 6.30, he'll do it. You know, he'll, yeah. yeah. I, I love oh, him so much. Like, How does he get around, like, here to there? It's like state, he's state hopping. Right, he is. Yeah, that was the, the funny thing is I, I was asking him about to do this podcast. I saw he was did another one with someone else, and it was not even in New Jersey. And I don't know if they just posted it yesterday, but I don't know if they recorded it yesterday. But it was up in Boston, and I don't know. Anyway, awesome guy, and I can't you know say enough about him. Uh, moving along, yeah, I want to get the inside view of the Rutgers program for you. I'm sure you know. In fact, under Chris, we see a lot. You know, they have the Instagram posts and so much on mm -hmm. social media. But I'm sure there's an element to the coaches, the players, perhaps the administration that we don't see. Um, is there anything, a little insider story, a little tidbit, just something you say, well, you know what? This is what makes this place special that comes to mind. I'm trying to think. They, they put a lot out there on social media. Um I don't know if there's really like really, really any inside information. Um, obviously, they're working hard, extremely hard, all of them. Um, whether it's the the players, the coaches, all the staff members, like the recruiting people, all the graphics people, all of them, just trying to turn the corner, if you will. And and it takes it takes every person on board, even front administrators down. And um, I would just say that's kind of where it's at right now. I know they're going into, or they're actually in camp season right now. So every weekend they have football camps going on. And so it is one of the toughest times of the year. Because uh, I know even some of the coaches are flying out to out of state tomorrow and they'll be gone all the way through Friday and they have their own camps here. So it's kind of a grind season right now. And it's funny you say that because when we, you know, we run this website 365 days a year. And often someone will tell us that they're going to step away from following the team for a few months because they'll say, quote, unquote, nothing's going on. And really, yeah, there's no. never a time period <laughs> where nothing is going on. Um, no, no. People always ask, well, they don't always ask me, but we hear stories like, oh, now that the season's over, like, what does your husband do now? And we're like, <laughs> uh, are you serious? Or, or even better, it was my brother one season when Chris was a defensive coordinator. There was a wedding, and my brother goes, oh, is Chris going to be able to come? The wedding was on a Saturday, mind you. Oh, I'm yeah. like, he has to call the plays. He goes, someone else can't call the plays? <laughs> I was like, oh. 
people don't get it. Like, if they don't, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. If you're not living it, you know, I, I guess they're not going to understand. But, it's, yeah, there's no downtime. Right. Yeah, one of my friends is a coach for a professional team. And mm-hmm. we have hung out with his wife and kids maybe a hundred times and have only seen him a small fraction of that. And I've been built, even though I understand the workload that these gentlemen have, I've been that one person all the time who goes, Hey, the season's not on. So can we do dinner at 6 PM? And I just get that look like, are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. And in the pros, they don't have to worry about recruiting or academics or all like any discipline issues because it's someone else's job. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. So I'm going to leave you with one last question. When you reflect on the past couple of years at Rutgers and the people you've met, the places you've been, what is your favorite Rutgers football memory right now? I would say definitely the people. In this profession, you meet some of the greatest people. And no matter where I've been, whether it's here or other places, hands down, my favorite is always the people that I meet. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm glad I met you, and um, I just want to wish you the best of luck, and I want to, via you, send that good luck to your husband, too. He's doing a wonderful job, and, you know, we always say on our website, aside from the hard work that he puts in, what what I think distinguishes Chris from other recent Rutgers coaches that have been there since I graduated in 95, I'm not saying that others Mm -hmm. didn't do it, but I just think this is a defining trait of his, and I've posted about it before is that I really feel that he is constantly trying to learn and he learns from Mm -hmm. what goes well and he learns from what doesn't go well. And you can just, it's fun to watch from the sidelines because if something doesn't work the next week, the next month, the next season, he doesn't try to keep going to the well with the same thing that doesn't work. He'll make a change. Whether it's he'll recruit in a different direction. He'll pull in a different coach. He'll try a different style Mm -hmm. of play. Um, Mm-hmm. That's great to see. And, and do you notice the same thing? Yeah, well, I know them <laughs> yeah. a little more than that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely always growing. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you again. <laughs> and I appreciate your time. And uh, we hope to see you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much.